Section 7 of A Study of British Genius by Havelock Ellis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Chapter 7 Duration of Life. The fallacy involved in estimating longevity of eminent men. The real bearing of the data. Mortality at different ages. It has long been a favourite occupation of popular writers on genius to estimate the ages at which famous men have died, to dilate on their tendency to longevity, and to conclude or assume that longevity is the natural result of a life devoted to intellectual evocations. The average age for different groups, found by a number of different inquirers, varies between 64 and 71 years. One writer who finds this highest age for certain groups of eminent men of the 19th century argues that here we have a test from which there is no appeal, proving the preeminence of the 19th century over previous centuries and its freedom from degeneration. It did not occur to this inquirer to ask at what age the famous men of earlier centuries died. I have done so in the case of a small group of ten eminent men on my list, dying between the 4th and the end of the 13th centuries, including, I believe, nearly all those in my list, of whose dates we have a fairly different information during this period, and I find that the average age is exactly 74 years. So that, if this test means anything at all, the freedom of the 19th century from degeneration is by no means proved. In reality, however, it means nothing. If genius were recognisable at birth, there would be some interest in tracing the course of its death rate. But it must always be remembered that when we are dealing with men of genius, we are really dealing with famous men of genius, and that though genius may be born, fame is made. In most fields, very slowly made. Among poets, it has generally been found longevity is less marked than among other groups of eminent men, and the reason is simple. The quality is that the poet requires often develop early. His art is a comparatively easy one to acquire and exercise, while its products are imperishable, and of so widely appreciated character that even a few lines may serve to gain immortality. The case of the poet is, therefore, somewhat exceptional, though even among poets, only a few attain perfection at an early age. In nearly every other field, the man of genius must necessarily take a long period to acquire the full possession of his powers, and a still longer period to impress his fellow men with a sense of his powers, thus attaining eminence. In the case of the lawyer, for instance, the path of success is hemmed in by tradition and routine. Every triumph is only witnessed by a small number of persons, and passes away without adequate record. Only by a long succession of achievements through many years can the lawyer hope to acquire the fame necessary for supreme eminence and it is not surprising that the eminent lawyers on my list only five one hundred sixty at death. Much the same is true, though in a slightly less marked degree of statesmen, divines, and actors. It is therefore somewhat an idle task to pile up records of longevity of eminent men of genius. They live a long time for the excellent reason that they must live a long time, or they will never become eminent. It is doubtless true that men of genius, mostly belonging to the well-to-do classes, and possessing the energy and usually the opportunities necessary to follow intellectual ends of a comparatively impersonal and disinterested character are in a far more favourable position for living to an advanced age than the crowds who struggle more or less desperately for the gratification of personal greeds and ambitions which neither in the pursuit nor the attainment are conductive to peaceful and wholesome living this may well be believed and it is hardly demonstrated by longevity of eminent men at the same time it is of some interest to note the ages of the eminent persons on our list at death. Though the facts may have little significance in themselves, they have a bearing on many of the other data here recorded, 
excluding women and including only those men whose dates are considered by the national biographers to be unquestionable the ages of eminent british men at death range from chatterton the poet at seventeen to sir a t cotton the man of science at ninety six they are distributed as follows in in five-year age periods a table is displayed on the page with the ages at death and the men of genius totaled if we consider the number for each year separately certain points emerge which are distinguished by the five-year age period though the irregularities become frequently marked and explicable a certain order however seems to be maintained there is scarcely any rise from twenty seven to thirty eight and even at forty five only three individuals died but on the whole there is a slow rise after thirty eight leading to the first climax of forty nine when sixteen individuals died this climax is maintained at a lower level to fifty three when there follows a fall to a level scarcely higher than that which prevailed ten or more years earlier this lasts for three years then there is a sudden rise from seven deaths at fifty six to twenty five deaths at fifty seven and this second climax is again maintained at a somewhat lower level to the age of sixty seven when the highest climax is attained we have thirty four deaths thereafter the decline is extremely slow but steady not becoming accelerated until after eighty each climax is sudden and preceded by a fall a noteworthy point here seems to be the very low mortality between the ages of fifty three and fifty seven it seems to confirm galton's conclusion based on somewhat similar data that a group of men of genius is in part made up of persons of unusually feeble constitutions and in part of persons of unusually vigorous constitutions again the first climax at forty-nine the feeble have mostly died out the vigorous are then in possession of the best powers and working at full pressure fifty-seven appears to be a critical age at which exhaustion and collapse are especially liable to occur the presence of these two classes the abnormally weak and the abnormally vigorous would be in harmony with the explanation i have already ventured to offer of the deficiency of medium-sized families left by our men of genius the age of the women at death is ascertainable in fifty-one cases the average is slightly over sixty-two years as among the men there would seem to be among them a small group tending to die early the age distribution arranged in periods of five years is as follows tables displayed on the page with age of death and women of genius totaled age of death range from thirty well over to ninety and over from the ages of thirty to thirty four two thirty five to thirty nine four forty to forty four two forty five to forty nine two fifty to fifty four two fifty five fifty nine five sixty to sixty four four sixty five to sixty nine seven seventy to seventy four four seventy five to seventy nine four eighty to eighty four eight eighty five to eighty nine four ninety and over three End of chapter seven